What's going on? This is Kenneth Wells with 3i Creative Communications, and you're now listening to Verbally Effective Podcast with DJ Esco. Wrong Esco? All right, Ina Esco. Ina Esco. Hey, you know, I'm going to write it together. I was being silly. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Verbally Effective Podcast with your host, myself, your double E, Ina Esco. Be sure to download the Verbally Effective Podcast on SoundCloud iTunes, and Google Play Music. And, of course, we have those visuals on YouTube. Be sure to follow the Verbally Effective Podcast on Instagram and Facebook as well. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Verbally Effective Podcast with your host, myself, your double E, Ina Esco. Be sure to download the Verbally Effective Podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. And, of course, we have those visuals on YouTube. Be sure to follow the Verbally Effective Podcast on Instagram and Facebook as well. Verbally Effective, your double E, Ina Esco. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You could be doing anything in this world right now, but you are here with me and my guest for this evening. Tonight, I have with me Mr. Fresh. He is the tailor to the stars, and he's in town here in Memphis from his hometown, and he's visiting from the west side and I have been blessed with his presence tonight. Hi, Fresh. What's happening? What's happening? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be here. I'm so glad you're Chilling here. Chilling with my girl, Ina. Yes, you are. And, you know, how long ago? It was around Christmas time we first met yeah. at The Pocket. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, Wendy at the time. It was Wendy at the time. I was like, we got to get him on the pod. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And so you're here. Before she was born again. Before she was born again, she's Sanaa. Everybody knows she's Sanaa now, but we love her. This is back when she was a heathen. She was you know a saying? heathen. Yeah, it was one of them heathen heathen nights. Oh, it was, was so like, fun. I heathen. heard y'all had a part two. He's like, you, Dang. you, you acting like a, you acting like a Wendy right now. Oh my, <laughs> but she's a Sanaa. Oh, today. she's so Sanaa right now. <laughs> so, so proud of her. She's, oh she's my. come so far. Fresh. <laughs> so tell me about yourself. I follow you on social media. And one thing I love about you, you seem so You follow me on social media where? On Instagram. Uh, Instagram. You don't follow me back, though. You're talking about Instagram backslash Rich Fresh underscore? Rich Fresh, right? Uh, Rich Fresh underscore? Underscore. Oh, okay. oh, I just want to know where, where it was you was following me. I was curious. Yeah, on you know, on Facebook, too. Oh, Facebook backslash Tata Taylor? That's you. Oh, that one. Oh, I just wanted to double check. I wasn't sure which one. Oh, this is going to be a fun pod. But look, <laughs> <laughs> you do your Insta stories, and you seem so transparent and just yourself and just Kind of speaking from the dome and yeah. letting people know what's up. So is Instagram your favorite? It's so much fun, yeah. Instagram's great. The Instagram stories make it more fun. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Instagram's cool because it's very visual. Yeah. You know, so you can really tell a story. And I don't like I don't like words. And I'm better with, like, the pictures and stuff. Pictures, videos. Yeah, and the videos are fun. Because mm-hmm. people don't realize, like, I don't think people attribute my personality to my product. Because they think, you know, my product's all refined, and then they uh, then they hear me and they realize that oh, this guy's different. Yes, like it's, it's so much shit going on over depth here. <laughs> to the man. Now, where Is did you grow smoking? up in Memphis? Oh, uh, where? Um, so I moved here when um, I moved here in high school. I moved here when I was 15. Moved from where? Little Rock. 
Okay. So yes, yeah, okay. so I was in Little Rock when I first started sewing. It was actually in Little Rock. Like when I when I actually got the fashion bug was in Little Rock. Okay. How did that start? Um. <clears throat> so I was never, you know, what one would say, a well dressed child. <laughs> no. No, I kind of I kind of look like trash. Uh, not trash, but I just was not like, you know, fashion was just not a thing. It was more like, you know, know yourself and be healthy. You know, that, that, you know the things that are really important, mm-hmm. the parents are like, oh, you should just focus on being smart. But it's like you got this social dynamic and the way you look plays such a big role in that social dynamic. And, um, you know, I was in middle school. And I was just like so poorly dressed. I just, I, I just, I was like the second worst dressed kid at school. I always say second worst dress. It's not a lie. I was the second worst dressed kid in my school. Fires? This dude named uh, <laughs> Wardell Henson. I'm gonna say his name too. That boy was hurt. Only thing between me and him was he right. had glasses, and okay. when he laughed, he snorted. That's the only thing that that that's that's that only made him one. that's it that's it. Too. He was number one. Oh my! Just because of that. Oh wow! You know, I've never been a winner. <clears throat> I've always, I've always been okay. We're coming in second, um, okay. but yeah. So like, so I was, um, I was tutoring this cheerleader, who was she was really cool. She actually lives here. Her name's Tamara. Um, shout out, sh- shout out the Hardens, uh, Tamara Harden, Earl Harden, um, and so, you know, I went to middle school with her. So I was tutoring her, and she was really cool, and she was like real pretty, and she was a cheerleader. I was like, the, you know. I don't know. I don't know my half and my ass when it comes to girls or any any of these things that are important at this stage. Like, if I learn this now, my life will be easier. And um, we just kind of had like this, you know, agreement. Like, look, I'm gonna put you up on game with math or whatever it was that we were dealing with. Mm-hmm. Just kind of put me up on game with like, you know, the social shit. Like, what is it the girls, you know, are into and not into and and we just just had conversations, and um, it just evolved and evolved. A bunch of stuff I realized I couldn't do. Like, girls are really into guys who are athletic, and then you know, I just just when I found out that I'm just not the athletic guys, I can just mark that one off, find something different. And um, the literally the last thing that we that we talked about was uh was like the way I dress, and she was like, you know, you just don't dress nice. Like, you, your clothes are kind of bad. If you dress better, like. It means girls will probably like you. Like you probably be all right. Mm-hmm. And so and y'all made a pact. Yeah, it was just like yeah, we just would talk. Mm-hmm. Like every day, you know, we talk about whatever the the school subject matter was, and I would just ask her questions, and she was just gracious enough to answer them. Mm-hmm. You know, and then um, so thirteen, uh, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should dress better. Okay, well, how how do I need to do this? Well, maybe I need to um, maybe I should really like study it, like mm-hmm. really learn it. So I'm not just like buying the wrong stuff, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I just started finding whatever I could find, little magazines, anything that had nice clothes on it. I was just like, just to look through it and skim through it and see what is nice, what's not nice. What do people think is nice? You know, what's the stuff that people pay attention to? What are the wording that they use? And, um, you know, into it. I, I was reading like these biographies. I was reading Ralph Lauren's biography, Calvin Klein's, and Calvin Klein uh, had sold um, like their their first collection that they put together. He and his partner sold like the runway pieces. So I figured, well, if I really want to know how to do this, I should probably know how to sew. Mm-hmm. 
because then I can kind of like control where my image goes. <clears throat> and so, um, so I'm 13. And I'm just like, all right, cool. Let's learn how to sew. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had a sewing machine that was just in our laundry closet. And I always looked at it and just didn't know what it was, but it was always there. So I just took it. Mm-hmm. I was like, no one's going to miss it. I'm just going to take it. So Did I took it. She sewed, but like I never saw her sew, but I know she sewed stuff for me and my my, my siblings when we were young. Okay. Um, and I found out like my granddad sewed in the Navy. Wow. But it's like, it's in your blood. Yeah, it's in my blood. Like I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, you know, took it and just looking at it, kind of figured out how to thread it and how to figure it out. And I started, you know, getting little patterns and playing around with it. Um, still basic, but I was starting to understand fashion. So then we moved here uh, when I was 15, at which point I understand, like, I think I understood fashion more. And I kind of understood, you know, the position I wanted to be in. And it was going to be much easier to start over in Memphis than come from being like the nerdy, shy kid to trying to be like this cool dude mm-hmm. in the same environment. Like, man... You're going to a new place. It's a rebranding opportunity. Mm. So it was just like, all right, how do we want to brand ourselves? You know, and I was like, well, shit, you know, let me be the, the the fly dude, you know, still quiet and whatnot, but fly, you know, well-dressed, um, clothes fit nice. And so, like, without even having an understanding of what tailoring was, I was just tailoring my stuff because it had to look a certain way, you know. And then um, I bought so much polo. So much Tommy. It was, it was dope. I had, you know, like when you got the same polo boot and the same color, mm-hmm. just in case one of them gets messed up one day. Dang, it was like that. It was like that, like stupid stuff. <laughs> but, um, you was fresh though. I was, I was fresh though. Mm-hmm. I was fresh though. And, um, you know, the first day of high school, this brand new school, supposed, it should be the scariest day of my life. You know, brand new school in Memphis. This is not an easy city. No, it's not. Mm mm. <laughs> and so um, I just remember I was so fresh. I walked down the hall, and I felt like I felt like Drake. You know, what high school was this? Bolton. Oh, you know, yeah, you know, Bolton's something. Mm-hmm. Bolton's interesting because it's got this like dual it's dynamic. A yeah. yeah, it's a it's a real real mixture. So how did the guys respond to you, the new boy from Arkansas, fresh as hell? Who this guy think he is? Well, or were they cool? No, they were cool. It was like, I found out, like, dudes don't trip. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not stepping on any toes. You know, I'm just, I do my own thing, and it's fresh. And they're like, he is fresh, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't claim he is fresh. So we should probably get cool with dude because he's going to probably <laughs> get a lot of the girls around him. So we should probably, he can't take all of them. Mm-hmm. Or they didn't think I could. Oh. But, um, yeah, yeah, I hear that. Where was? But um, but no, I couldn't. Um, but yeah, so I was like, damn, man, this clothes, you know, the clothes thing, this shit really works. And um, you know, I I was super popular in high school, and then so when I left high school, you know, I had a choice. I was really smart, I tested really well, and um, you know, the the plan was to go to college, just do that normal thing. Where did you want to go? Um, I wanted to go to I wanted to go to Clark. I wanted to go to Morehouse. I wanted to go to Stanford. I wanted to go to my place. I wanted to go. And where did you end up? Um, so I ended up at U of M. Okay. And I mean, you know, it's not a diss to the U of M, but like that was not my plan. You know, 
Because I, I decided um, before I graduated, like, I'm going to do fashion. Like, I'm not going to do the normal college thing. I'm going to do fashion. And, like, I didn't know anyone who had ever done it. Um, I just, something was like, this is dope. Like, this fashion shit is, like, real. Like, mm-hmm. my life changed. My peers' lives changed. Like, you know, my, my siblings. Hell, my brother Chase is dressed like dog shit. Oh, like <laughs> dog shit. Horse shit. Like Ground that. horse shit. It was terrible. I bet old he fresh molded. now, though. He too fresh now, though. I see. But old, fresh, moldy dog shit. Damn. And um, I was just like, hey, bro. Man, you gonna mess up my branding with that shit, bro. Right. Come on, bro. Right. No, come on, bro. You changing lives around Yeah. Here. But, you know, he was still rugged, but, you know, he had that demeanor at this point. So, you know, I just saw, like, how it changed people. I was like, this is more... This seems more powerful to me than architecture or finance or medicine. Like for me, I think this could be like a thing I could use to, you know, help. Mm-hmm. You know, in in, in a way, because <clears throat> it helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. And that was it. So I just made that decision. Uh, family was not really into it. Why not? So, yeah, it's the '90s, man. And fashion, like it's still the South. So this is the '90s. Mm-hmm. And so you got scholarships to go to school. But you want to. And fashion. you want to do fashion. Mm-hmm. It was like, this doesn't make sense. Why are you doing this? This is stupid. Mm-hmm. You needed to, like, you know what I'm saying? You need to take these damn scholarships. Right. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do that. I want to do fashion. I made up my mind. I've already seen it. And so we just <laughs> did that thing. And uh, so that's why I ended up at U of M, because I just couldn't stay at the house. Mm-hmm. I had to do something. So I went to U of M. Um, so what did you study at U of M? Business? Nah, so I went to U of M. I just studied architecture, but I only did my prereqs. Mm-hmm. Like, I was only there for a year. Okay. Um, I just did, like, a year of prerequisites, and I was like, I didn't know. Like, you knew that. No, nah, I'm not here to be an architect either. I could have been an architect. I could have gone to a big school to be an architect. Mm-hmm. No, that's not what I'm doing. So I dropped out. And then, um, you know, just did, did, did some little bullshit. Bank teller. I did everything. I was a bank teller. Mm-hmm. All kind of shit. <laughs> oh my god, I was a bank teller. I um I waited tables. This is in Memphis. This is in Memphis. This is after you said fuck you of them. Uh, yeah. I can't do this no more. Yeah, I was nineteen. But were you doing fashion while you were doing these other odd jobs? So mm, I wasn't really. I was still sewing, just as like a hobby. Mm-hmm. I was, I, you know, the thing that I used to really make, I used to get into it. Um, my ex-wife, her nieces were real young when we first got together. I used to make them like little baby dresses. Mm-hmm. I used to make dresses all the time. I just thought it was cute to just make these little baby dresses. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> that was really my thing. Like, I just thought it was cool. I just really didn't have any concept of how to make it into a business. Mm-hmm. And um, then I did... So after I dropped out, I'm working these little odd jobs. Someone said something about uh, the fashion show at U of M, mm-hmm. um, the Black Student Association, yeah, BSA. And someone knew I could sew. They was like, oh, you should do it. And at first I was going to model in it, but that didn't work out. So I was like, yeah, you know, let me um, let me put some pieces together. And that was my first, like, fashion thing. So I, I did 13 pieces. I just sat in my, my living room and just made, like, it was, it, was, you know, it was crazy stuff. I just found, like, little patterns at Walmart, modified them a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and just did my thing. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. That was just, like, my first experience seeing, like, 
something going across the stage. I was like, man, that's just kind of cool. Yeah, that made and I made everything. I sat in there by myself and made all them pieces. And so um, after that, you know, I probably spent all my money and I think I made nothing. So I was like, well, this shit ain't going to work. <laughs> I'm not going to do this shit twice. <laughs> but I do like the sewing thing. It was kind of fun. How can we do more of this? And then I was like, you know what? Why don't we do um alterations? Because people, everybody wears clothes and people's clothes don't fit. Everyone seems to like how my clothes fit. I have an eye for how clothes should fit. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I can figure that one out. So I started doing that, just hustling on the side. And then I um I started thinking about scale. And I was like, well, shit, if I want to make some real money doing this, I should be doing this in bulk. So then I just set up like an outsourcing company where I went all, around all these dry cleaners. It was like, yo, you have a bunch of clothes that you need altered and you don't necessarily have a staff that can handle that. How about I come and take that off your hands? And I'll pick it up three days a week, two-day turnaround. You know, here's the wholesale rate. You're still making money, and you got to take on none of the work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it all. And that was cool, and that just picked up real quick. I just walked in and was like, shit, hell yeah, take this shit. <laughs> um, and so that was my first business, and I did that uh, for like a year or two. And I moved downtown, and then um, I'm just giving you my life story. This is cool. It's so um, interesting. And so then I moved downtown, and um, I'm at the uh, South Main, um, the train station. Mm-hmm. And so I'm enjoying that. It's like, oh, it's cool. And, you know, there's like, there's no grocery store. There are all these necessities. It's like, damn, man, we ain't got none of this stuff. And one of the things that was missing was a dry cleaner. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, there's no cleaners. I'm dealing with all these cleaners, and there's no cleaners downtown. Oh. And so I opened up a cleaners. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm going to open the cleaners at a tailor shop. And so I opened that uh, on South Main next to where Cheesecake Corner is. Mm-hmm. So there's like a bar that's there now, but that's where my spot used to be. And um, I was like 21. And so, you know, it was really cool. It was dope right up. It was a good experience, like just the entrepreneurial experience, having to pay rent and having to do all these things and figuring out what's necessary, what's not. I was there for like two years and then, you know, we closed the business. And then I just started doing like personal where I would go to see clients. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't need this, you know, I don't need rent. I don't need to be stuck in this spot. Mm-hmm. I like moving about and getting the, the people because then people can see me. I can possibly get other clients. So I started doing like personal tailoring where I would go to someone's office or to their crib. And I just saw like that was more effective. Um, the relationships got stronger that way. And so I was like, cool, let's do it that way. I literally have not had a brick and mortar since 2002. And you prefer that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, at, at present, like, it just, it works better for the way I operate. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it suits my clients' needs more. So, yeah, so I went from that to doing personal tailoring, and I was dealing with a lot of um, politicians, you know, some cool attorneys, people who are popping here, just grinding, just doing whatever I could to make some alterations money, you know, like, shit, I gotta make some money. <laughs> uh, I connected with uh, one of my guys, Michael Thomas. Uh, he's a he's a tailor. He was super popping when I was just coming up, and he was young, so I would just hang out at his shop and just kind of vibe. You know, again, just hustling, just whatever I can do. I remember getting in my car one night. I thought this dude was gonna kill me. Um, what? Yeah, it was weird. It was so random. I had my business card at a uh, some fabric store, so I got a call. Someone was like, "Yeah, man, I got these pants. I need uh the waist taken in on like four pair of pants," mm-hmm. and I was like, "Okay." Um, well, sure. Yeah. Um, 
He's like, yeah, you know, can you come out to my house? I was like, oh, sure. You know, here's how much it's going to cost you. It was nothing. I'll tell you, I think I charged that man $60. I drove to his house to tailor four pair of pants for that man. I charged him $60. Hmm. Um, it's a long time ago. God is good. And um, and so I get out to this house and it's uh, it's dark. And he's on Millington. I didn't realize how deep Millington went. <laughs> yes. Man, shit. It wasn't like no street lights. Mm. I saw deers and shit. <laughs> And so I get to this house, and the first sign was I park, and this cat's leaving the front door. This cat's walking out the front door, and I'm just like, I don't know if I want to go in here. But I was already there, so I went in, and this, uh, this dude, he's just like, it's just like the stereotypical guy. He's not, you're not going to leave. He's not going to let you leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got some friends just locked up, and he just can't wait to introduce you. <clears throat> and uh, I call, I think I called you. I think I called him and I kept his ass on speakerphone the whole time I was there sewing. I was like, yeah, man, you know, I'm just here, just sewing, just getting this work done. I was like, get the hell up out of this new house. But um, that's how long I've been doing that. Just like, just whatever, you know, shit, 60 bucks, a hundo, whatever. Was that a lot back then for you? No, but you know, it it, it adds up, you know, like gas was $1.29 back then. Yeah. You know, rent was like, you know, it was nothing. Rent was like, what, $600 for a two bedroom? The good old days. Yeah, you know, back then. You know, things things started progressing. You know, like I, I did a situation with uh, uh, Tom Shelton. I was Shelton Clothiers. I connected with him mm-hmm. and was like, yo, you got a bunch of suits. You need a tailor. I'm the dopest tailor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set up down here. I'm going to rent this space. I'm going to do all the all the tailoring that gets done here. All that shit comes to me, and I'm going to bring my own clients in here. So I had that business, mm-hmm. and that was dope. And that's that's like the first time I brought in a staff. So I brought someone else in to do some work also. I was like, oh, shit, so I can have someone work and I can step up and do some shit. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I started figuring that thing out, you know, once that, you know, left that situation, did something else. And then I went to work at Oak Hall for a minute, you know. I thought that, like, you know, I was dating a girl who just did, had a different mindset, like, didn't understand the the desires of an entrepreneur. Like, we're just not satisfied with certain. Status quo is, like, who gives a fuck. <laughs> right. I don't care. You know, like, I don't care about no status quo. Well, you know, most people, that's the wrong way to start a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I gave it a shot. I thought, like, something like that could be cool. It could be steady. I could grow with it. And I got there, this fly, young, black dude, tailored up, super fresh, knows how to, you know, knows how to do his thing. I went in there. I was I was, I was suited and everything. And uh, then folk put me... They both offered me like what ten dollars an hour or something stupid like that. I was like, yeah, you know, I want twenty dollars an hour. He was like, sure, you know, uh, yeah, well, let's let's get you in, and, you know, let's figure it out. And then once I got in, I was like, oh yeah, by the way, we're only going to give you ten dollars an hour, and you know, it's assembly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I quickly realized, like, nah, I ain't about this life. So I left that, and then I moved to New York. I was like, you know what? But I do need to learn how to tailor more. Like, I'm good, but I should be great. And I'm not going to get great here because this is as good as it gets. And I'm already killing everybody. So I need to go somewhere else where I'm a baby. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm out. And uh, I sent resumes off to New York. Never been to New York before. And I just sent off resumes. I got some calls back. I took a flight. I went there. I was there for 48 hours. I went on seven interviews in 48 hours. Damn. Yeah. And like with tailoring interviews, you can't just go in and talk. You got to do some shit too. Like. Oh, great. Start talk. So you can do all this and this? Oh, it's great. It's great. It's amazing. It's amazing. Okay, well, let's go get on the machine. 
And they take you right on down there. Right like, here, here's a suit. Get to it. They want to see your crap. They're going to stay up. <clears throat> so it was a lot of work. But um, I got a few offers. And so I came back, got my stuff. And then a, a few weeks later, I moved to New York. Mm. So I got out there. I'm doing my thing. I'm learning it, figuring out, like, really getting technical. Now I'm learning how to, like, tailor. This is getting fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I'm working with some big brands. So I'm, I'm getting, like, my first taste of, like, uh, luxury like, you know, luxury, like, and at that time, it was like a $1,200 suit. It was like luxury, like, shit. Because you just don't really see that here. But you were, like, were you, understanding, like, the whole science of it. Like yeah. Fabrics. And, oh, fabrics. Like, how to take this sleeve off, mm-hmm. recut this shoulder, put this sleeve back on with my hands. Like, that type oh, of shit. Okay. So I was getting real technical. And um, and then the market crashed. I remember I was on the, I was on the bus because I lived in Jersey. And I would, I would, uh you know, traveling to, to New York every morning. And so I'm on the bus in Jersey. It's my birthday. I'm like, you know what? I'm going I'm to take myself to a movie. I think it was Batman or something. I'm, like, I'm going to take myself to a movie. It was either Batman or Bond. And I'm on the bus and I get a, I get a call. Cause, so I had two jobs in New York. I was tailoring two different spots. Making a lot of money too. And um, when the market crashed, I go into one spot and the owner is like in a Ferrari, which is like 25-year-old girlfriend, like, well, I'm out of here, man. I'm going to Italy. I'm like, so what's going to happen? Yeah, we're just going to shut the place down for a while. Damn. So what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to shut the place down for a while. So what's going to happen? You ain't got no job, motherfucker. <laughs> so, um, but I had this other job to fall back on. So, uh, and that was Hickey Freeman. So I'm doing Hickey. Everything's cool. It's more corporate. So I'm on this bus. I'm about to go see this movie. I'm treating myself for my birthday. And I get this phone call. Like, hey, man, how are you? I'm like, oh, I'm great. It's my birthday. I'm here to see a movie. Oh, it's great. So got to lay you off. Hey, oh, the wow. The same day? The same day. I'm on the bus. Headed, and I'm also supposed to go pick up the keys to my apartment. So I'm like, shit. Mm-hmm. Well, this isn't what I expected. So uh, I remember, I remember. Uh, I think the first person I called was, was Mike, uh, Michael Thomas. Like, dude. I just got fired from my job, and um, I think I'm gonna come back to Memphis. So I did. I moved back to Memphis, and um, in like spring of 2008. Yeah. Like early spring it was like February, like mid February, and um, maybe it was still winter. And when I got back, that's when I was like, shit. So I I got you know some cleaning, uh, some dry cleaners again to kind of get that money, and then my daughter was real young. And so, you know, then I ended up, like, getting my daughter. So my daughter's with me all the time. You know, I'm still figuring it out. And that's when I started doing the bags, which, you know, you see here. You can't see it because the, I'm talking. My, my present that you brought exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah, my present that I brought you. I'm gonna have j- <laughs> I just got to take it back with me to personalize it. And then I'm going to. So, um, so yeah, so, uh, so then. <laughs> you started doing the bags. Yeah, yeah. So then I started doing bags. What made you want to start doing the bags? You were doing all these things with clothing, learning the craft and everything. How did, where the bags come from? Funny story. So I get back, right? And uh, I'm staying at my partner's crib, my partner Ephraim's crib. <clears throat> and um, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a damn jacket. I'm going to make a jacket from scratch. Like a nice jacket. And I put a lot of time into it. I had, a, I had like, like a mannequin, a torso. I just built it on it. It was so intricate. It took me weeks to do it. And I remember one of my partners came through to pick up some alterations or something. And he saw it and he was like, bro, this jacket goes, bro. Damn, bro. 
and he went to slip it on and it wasn't his size. I didn't make it for him. He's like, shit, bro, can you make another one? Can you make one my size? And I was like, hell no. Absolutely not. No, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not making nothing that, no, I'm not doing that. Mm-mm. So I was like, I need to be able to make something that's not size dependent because I, I just need to make something. And I was like, you're going to make bags. Everybody likes bags. And so I just started making, it was these weird, um, like, half circle bags. Mm-hmm. They were like this, uh, this, this synthetic material. Uh, I used to print pictures of flowers on them. Mm-hmm. You remember those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were big. Yeah. It was just like something to do. And I had them little plastic zippers. I've always done the plastic zippers, which is like a cool thing. I, ne- I never left that. And, um, and then, you know, I started, it was fun. And people started enjoying it and liking it so I could subsidize, you know, make some money here with that and then still do alterations. Shit, at a certain point, I cut out alterations and was just doing bags straight up for like a year. Wow. Yeah, it was it was a fun time. I'm I'm a greedy person. I'm a hungry person. I want things. I want all that shit. If you think about all that shit, I want all that shit. I just didn't think that I was going to get all that shit being here. In Memphis. Yeah. I just didn't think all this shit was going to come to me here. But I wanted all that shit. And I'm really good at math. So if I want all that shit and I'm not going to get all that shit here, then I have to go somewhere else to get all that shit. Because I have to have all that shit. And so, um, you know, my brother had uh, had just come to Memphis recently. He had, uh, like, you know, his his company was laying off. So it was just like, fuck. So he, he came to Memphis and so it's me, him, my daughter, and we, my you know, small apartment. I was just like, man, <clears throat> I bet there's more to life outside these walls. He was like, let's just dip. I was just like, where? So let's go to the West Coast, man. We, don't, we ain't never been to the West Coast. Let's just do it. And we decided to go. And then, you know, my sister happened to be going out there the same time we were going out. So it's like we were getting all these signs like, yeah, move in this direction, move in this direction. And so three weeks after deciding to do so, we left. We just moved. Um, didn't know anybody, but we just, you know, uh, you know, we're like, oh, my God, the water's cold. Some people are standing there all day, but they fucking with it with they toe. Oh, it's so cold. It's so cold. We're just like, I really want to swim. and We're just going to jump in. Eventually, our bodies will just adapt right. and won't be cold anymore. So we're just like that. So we just went for it. And so we look up and now we're living in San Diego. Um, beautiful city. Mm-hmm. And um, shit, man. And that's like. So thus far, I've given you like an, a fifth, maybe? That's just a fifth? That's just a fifth. Damn. What did you notice immediately different about when you first stepped foot in on the East Coast versus the West Coast? From oh, a the fashion energy. perspective. Oh, too. fashion perspective is garbage. On both ends? No, no, on the West Coast. On the West Coast was Man, fashion San was Diego, garbage? this shit was garbage. What, were they, what did they Babbage. wear? Shorts. Board shorts and t-shirts and like flip-flops. Surfer dude. All day long. Gnarly dude. All day long. So you said I got to do something about this. Yeah, like we were really like, we were trying to, you know, we were trying to establish sort of a, uh, that type of vibe in San Diego. And we were we were doing so, you know, like we had this small occult situation and we were like really getting dudes real fresh. You know, like my brother and I were known for it. We were colorful guys. Um... And then, you know, we got involved in another business. You know, we created a we created a, a hangover product. It's hangover cure. That's a whole other conversation. And so, uh, as I said, it's a whole other conversation. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that later. Are you alcoholics here in Memphis? <clears throat> <laughs> when the time comes, I got something for you. 
Um, but you know, we just you know we just kept having all these cool experiences, like being well dressed dudes. And that's actually when I first got into custom. I didn't start doing custom until San Diego. I just always, I wanted to be the guy who knew how to operate the machine. Like, I, I would see tailors all the time who didn't know how to thread a needle, and I just didn't respect that. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't call yourself a doctor and you don't know what to do with a stethoscope. Right. You know what I'm saying? Say that you're something else, but don't say you're a doctor. So I always took offense to people calling themselves tailors and they could not tailor. Mm. So I always wanted to make sure that I could tailor if I was going to call myself a tailor. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, I was like, you know what? It's time to do custom. So my brother and I, we had encountered this guy. Here's how I got into custom. Bobby. Bobby with the ponytail. Mm-hmm. Hippie Bobby. So Who is Bobby? We met this dude in um, San Diego, right? Mm-hmm. It's, this, uh, it's this white cat named Bobby. You know, he had the beard. He's like your quintessential weed-smoking guy that makes money in tech. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Dude, what's up, guys? Bro, like super chill. You know, drove a cool Porsche, beautiful house. His wife was like an executive. Was, Yo, what's up, guys? Oh, dude, you guys are so great, bro. Oh, man, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys should come over for dinner. Yeah, you know, we're having quinoa and shit and kale. And, um, and, how um, how did you meet Bobby? How did I meet Bobby? Um, huh. I met Bobby because, uh, Sir, Sir, what was that chick's name? The stylist. Majuba. Majuba. So there's this stylist named Majuba mm-hmm. who had, um, come across. I think Majuba met my brother okay, or someone and she was this big stylist out there. And so um, she she was like, oh, this guy can do alteration. So she reached out to me. She's like, hey, I got a client who lost a lot of weight. He needs something done. So I went to go see him. He had this Armani suit and uh, it just didn't. It was like two sizes too big. He lost like 40 pounds. So I know how to do all this because I've done this before in New York. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking sleeves off, recutting the body, like changing the whole thing. I get this thing back to him. It's a totally different suit. And he's flipping his shit like, how how did you do this? Like this is this is amazing. This is impossible. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, and he's just blown away. So he's like, man, how much do I owe you? It's like, it was like $400. And he's like, cool. He paid that 400 gladly. And then he says, man, it's crazy, bro. I have a closet full of these expensive ass suits. And none of them fit. And it's like, I always know the right question to ask. And something made me say, how expensive? Oh, this suit, this Armani, it's maybe like, I don't know, man, like twenty five hundred, maybe three thousand. I was like, you got more of them? He's like, oh hell yeah! And he opens up this closet, and he literally had like dozens of like Canali, you know, Armani, Zinnia. I'm like, how much is this? It was like two thousand, eighteen hundred. Oh, that was like three thousand. I was like, what the fuck? That's where the money's at? Mm-hmm. No, nah, I'm tripping. No, I'm getting the wrong money. I'm on the wrong side of this coin. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yo, we're getting into custom. So I set that up, started doing custom in San Diego, started making a little bit of money, started figuring out, you know, you, you got to go through your period of, of missing your shots before your shot gets real good. I needed to miss my shots in San Diego and not L.A. Mm. So I had a chance to, like, miss shots with people who didn't even know that I was missing shots because they didn't know. They didn't know style. What counts as a missed shot? She just, like, looking kind of whack. Like, eh, it could have fit better. Mm-hmm. I know this, but you may not know it. You kind of think it's cool, but in my mind, I'm like, no, in a perfect world, I would have done it like this. Right. So it gave me an opportunity to like get all that out the way. So then, um, you know, my brother and I, we get involved in this other business. It's going great. We're living this high life. And then, you know, the business 
just dissolve like overnight almost why and uh it's another long story um <laughs> just uh having the wrong people in charge of the wrong shit i.e yeah i.e the money oh. um okay and so you know with thrust from like you know living in you know fucking mansion and driving you know maserati and like really living that life to like struggling again it's like dude I'm not rebuilding in San Diego. I don't feel like rebuilding here. So I'm gonna move, I'm gonna move to LA. I'm gonna rebuild in LA. So I just same thing. Put out some resumes, you know, specifically in Beverly Hills. I'm like, if I'm gonna do it in LA, I'm gonna do the luxury shit. Let's figure it out. So I went to Rodeo, did that piece. I got hired at uh, Zinnia, which is a really, um, really big company. You know, I'm doing that and now. I'm selling it. So now I'm not doing tailoring no more. Now I'm on the sales side of it. So. I'm now realizing I can also sell. Cause Are you I'm, a good seller? I was the number one seller. Mm-hmm. You know, I was the number one seller, and I was the only black dude on the floor. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I got tattoos, I got hand tattoos, I got piercings, but I know my shit, and I know tailoring, and I know okay. clothes. So that made, that, oh, that was like the key component. That was, that was it. It was like, pff, he's the guy. Because he know what the fuck Yeah, look at how this shit fits. He's the guy. And so my sales are just through the roof. You know, it's unfortunate, but it's not. It's the way. It's exactly the way it's supposed to happen. I'm glad it did, but you know, it's your again. It's the story we hear over and over of the guy who's super talented, and the environment he was in did not appreciate that talent. Instead, they were threatened by that talent and thought to minimize that talent. How can we minimize this talent and minimize this person so we can have more control over him? And so, you know, I see this shit clear as day. So I knew, like, it's time to mob. So I was like, all right, well, let's just <laughs> let's start a business over again. Mm-hmm. Let's do custom. Um, I didn't really know anyone in L.A. because all I did was work. And, uh, you know, my, my, like, my daughter was there. So I'm just working, parenting, working, parenting. So I didn't take any time to really develop a social dynamic at all. There was no social anything. But what I had noticed about LA is that they love events. Yeah. All you got to do is, you want people to come to your restaurant? Say it's an event. They'll be there. Mm-hmm. Build things, build events around things, and people will come to it. You get enough people, and then, you know, now it's just a ratio number. You get enough people in the house, some of them are supposed to spend some money, if you have a means of them spending some money. So I thought it'd be cool to build, like, a pop-up concept where I would throw these little parties and just have like beautiful girls come and like bartend. And I would just have like mannequins and like suits and shit on them. Mm-hmm. Or like clothes suspended from the ceiling. And people come and look at it like it's a museum. And then they come and they order clothes. Mm-hmm. Here's fabric books. I'm going to take your measurements. I can take your payment. Let's get it. A one stop shop. One stop shop. Come on in here. Let's get it popping. And so I did that. Um, I put this idea together. I built out a website, made it cool, made it real sexy. And I uh, called it the Scotch tutorial, and it it hit. It did. It did really cool in uh, L.A. Um, Were like, people very supportive of like your first one you had? Um, yeah, but not like people who knew me. It was just like people who I just randomly encountered. It was like, damn man, you dress really nice. Oh yeah. Oh, come check this out. Mm-hmm. Come check this out. But you know, my job didn't know I was doing it. Like a lot of people didn't know I was doing it. And, um, you know, I went back to work and I just had this great weekend of my kickoff event. I made all this money. I made like five figures my first, like, you know, my first at it. Mm. And so 
I'm I'm like, there's no way I'm going to deal with any more shit at this job. Day I go back into work, they're trying to write me up over being 15 minutes late to work like three months ago. Oh, they so, heard about that pop-up. Oh, man. <laughs> well, they also heard about that, money. about that pink slip was in my pocket. Mm. That I had to hand to them. So, mm. you know, so now I'm in L.A. I don't have a job. You know, I got this little momentum. I got to keep it going. L.A. is interesting. You know, you can be up and you can be down. And it was just like figuring out. It's just like, um, I don't know. You know, I feel like in, in everything, there's like a code that you crack at some point. Mm-hmm. And it's like once you crack that code, it's like tch, so simple. But until you crack that code, it's so difficult. It was so difficult. No matter what I did, it was so. Di- I just did all the wrong shit, mm. and uh, it was very difficult. And I went very broke very quick. Mm. And uh, so then I was like super assed out. And um, and then you know um, and then like my my brother moved up from San Diego to uh, L.A. And then he had another business going. So you know he had things rolling. So I moved into his crib. And then that's when I got on Instagram. Instagram. Instagram comes around. And my brother's like, yo, you need to get on Instagram. I'm like, man, I don't want no damn Instagram. So your brother was a techie one. So He's a techie he knew one. from the get-go yeah. you needed to be on this video. He's an Instagram marketer. Like, he was an Instagram guy. I'm not, not Instagram. He's an internet marketer. So, yeah, like, you know all about this. I don't know that crap. I'm I'm literally, I'm the dude who's sitting yeah. at a sewing machine sewing. And um, he was like, man, I'm going to set it up. So he set up my Instagram. So, start taking little pictures, doing little stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm at this party, and I run into this guy who runs this big fashion blog for, like, tailors. It's like a, you know, it was called um, Articles of Style. And um, I meet him at a party, and at this party, I happen to have four clients who were there dressed in, you know, my clothes. And um, so, we're talking, we're talking, we're talking, and the guy walks out, he's like, damn, that dude's fresh. He's like, oh, yeah, no, you know, uh... And I used to go by Rich back then. He's like, yeah, you know, Rich made it. He's like, oh, shit. And then another dude walks by. He's like, man, that's a nice shirt. Yeah, you know, Rich made it. He's like, you made all this shit? I'm like, yeah. He was like, dude, I need to come check you out. So he came through, checked out the setup. I was like, man, I need to do a little story on you. And that kind of like thrust me into the eye of all these people who are interested in the tailoring world. Because he had like hundreds of thousands of followers. And so he had a huge profile. And so that kind of like gave me some notoriety in that industry which is great you know so from there you know things changed some more and got cool and got interesting i moved downtown got this cool spot then you know my brother's also like on my ass like yo bro let's go out and and do do some shit hey man because you know he's working from a computer so he's like he got time and freedom and shit you know (laughs) it's all special hey man you want to go down to the beach i'm like no dude i gotta sell i gotta do work he's like man you need to hire somebody, dude, so you ain't always sitting on a machine. And so, unbeknownst to me, he goes and places an ad for a tailor or a seamstress. So I start getting these random calls from people like, what the fuck, what, what do you mean? You call me out a job, I ain't got no job. It's like, yeah, it's a Craigslist ad. <laughs> and I was like, ah. Oh. So that's when, I, um, so that's the first time I really started thinking about, hmm, you know, let me build it that way. So, uh, did that, switched it up, You know, I started really focusing on Instagram and really deciding, like, I did not want to be a plain Jane Taylor, making black and blue suits and gray suits for financial advisors and, you know, middle management. That was just, that's not what I wanted to do. 
And um, so I knew, hey, I was going to do different stuff. And I knew I was going to have to price it different. And so, you know, as I'm making these changes, like I'm losing clients because, you know, I don't want to do the the plain things anymore. I don't want to do belt loops. I don't want to do black suits. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to do cheap price points. I don't want to do sales. What do you want to do? I want to do, Fresh. I want to do Tom Ford. Like I just like, I want to do that shit. I want to do that fly shit. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you start making those changes, you know, you lose people, you gain people. I figured that one out too. Like, mm, don't be afraid to change because you're going to lose people. But for every person you lose, you're going to gain someone. Did it ever discourage you when you would go through those transitions like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially when you broke. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Especially. It's like, shit. But if I just do this, I'll have some money. I just like, I don't like to compromise. Mm-hmm. Like, if I decide to do something, you know, I don't let, I don't let money, like, sway it. Like, fuck. Well, I know I shouldn't, but I really need this $100, so I'm going to do it anyhow. I just go without. I just figure it out differently. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I just like, no, I just figured it out. And then I like went super broke and like I lost my apartment. I was like sleeping out of a friend's office mm. and still same thing. Like, you know, I still had the same mindset. Like I still want to do it my way. And a friend had hit me up. This um, friend hit me up and she was like, um, I got a friend at Barney's who's looking for a tailor. I told her about you. I was like, word. So I went in, did an interview. You know, never offering decent money. When you ain't got no money, someone offer you seventy thousand dollars. That's decent. I'm like shit. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Oh, let me think about it. And they're like, all right, cool. Job probably won't start for like another two weeks. We'll call you. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go back <laughs> to sleeping in my homeboy's office. You know, not like a uh, not like a work office, like like a this office, mm-hmm. like a chair like that. And um, I get this call. I'm like, hey, you know, it's Burberry. You know, we want to offer you that position. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna have to pass. <laughs> yeah, I can't take it right now. I'm like, I thought we just talked. You said you like, yeah, I got some things I need to finish working on. I, I have some things that I'm working on right now. I just, I can't, I can't take my off it. So, uh, let me, let me, let me, let me finish this stuff up. And I get back with you. So I just like, mm, I'm just not gonna do it. I'll just figure it out. And so. You know, I thugged it out and, you know, went just went through a number of different changes, you know, different roommates and situations not working or working. And um, and then I went through a really bad storm where it was like really broke, really fucked off. And again, like another test, like, you know, you can just give up and just do some other shit because you fucked off right now. Mm-hmm. You ain't got nothing. You are legit homeless you done for and it's the winter time so what you gonna do man and i was just like mm, i'm just gonna deal with it and i just figured it out and it sucked but i don't know like something just i don't know like i just could see this this possibility like mm, if i can get through this shit if i can get through this shit i'm probably gonna learn something so when i get through this shit the stuff that I've learned, I'm probably never going to have to go through this shit again. Because this is terrible. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that I learned while I'm here, it'll be good stuff. You'll never have to learn it again. So I just like, I don't know, I switched it in my head so it just like wasn't a, it wasn't an issue anymore. It was just like a, it was just like a chapter. Like you just got a few more pages. Mm-hmm. Mm, 
Oh, you thought you were done reading. <laughs> a few more pages, a few more pages. Then things started changing. Um, and I started like that 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 code I was talking about. Like I started cracking that code and seeing like, oh shit. So all I gotta do is this, and then this happens. So every time I do this, then this happens. Oh shit. But every time I do this, then this is gonna happen. Oh well, just, what 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 I've been worrying about? And I just thought, and then things started changing, and you know I started uh started developing these little rituals like with myself, like challenging myself. I gotta do it now. Like I have these ninety day challenges, and I like challenge myself to to sacrifice things, like not like people and shit, but like sacrifice things that we enjoy. You know what I'm like saying? What? Like like um. So my first my first big one. So Again, like I'm talking about, I'm talking like in 2018, I was homeless. Like in January 2018, not like sleeping on a friend's couch, like walking around at night, like where the fuck am I going to sleep Just at? Just a year ago. Not even a year ago. Not even. Less than a year ago. So, and then it's like, and it, you know, I had a client who just beat me out of a lot of money, just fucked me off. And so I was, I was bound by that because it was like $9,000 and like, bro this is the life changing money I'm supposed to like get straight with this and you owe me this shit where's my shit and you get stuck in this thing where it's like you wake up every day trying to chase that same carrot and you didn't get any closer to it yesterday it's like all right well today I'm gonna get up and swat at the carrot again send text messages make phone calls hear more excuses and bullshit and when I was like bro you're never gonna see this money from dude ever so Sooner you come to that understanding, sooner you can move past it and, and make some more money. Mm-hmm. Fuck that little money. Little money, and you that's know? what you did. Yeah, it's just like I just had to change my my the way I thought about it. And it's like I don't want I don't want to do money. I don't need to do money. I don't want to do money. And as soon as I realized like I'm never gonna get that money, I don't want it. I don't want what it represents. I don't need this money. I only had the last money. Like as soon as I did that little thing, my brain started thinking about okay, well where's the rest of it? Where's the rest of the money at then? Mm-hmm. And then more money started showing up. And I looked up the nine thousand I'm waiting for for him. Mm-hmm. I flipped and hit that same nine in like a week. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, time out. First and foremost, <laughs> we ain't never gonna do that no more. We're never gonna get stuck on one person, right. ever. You know. Then I, um, I, you know, I, I got a little Airbnb, something, you know, a little garbage Airbnb. But you know, it's a roof, so I'm grateful that that was the experience. Then, um. I was like, all right, cool. You know, there's some, you know, I'm a, I live by certain, you know, things that you hear growing up that you end up internalizing. One of those has always been like this definition of insanity. It's like, you know, doing the same thing every day, expecting a different results, insanity. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to, like in my mind, what that means is if you have a different goal and you approach it the same way you approach a non-different goal, expecting a different goal, you have a problem. You cannot, like, you're not going to evolve and turn into the person you're supposed to be doing the same shit you used to do. You're going to be who you used to be. So in order to become who you're supposed to be, you have to do shit you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. which is usually different shit. So I just, like, started picking things that, I actually, I didn't, even, I didn't pick anything, I'm not going to lie. I would smoke, I would go to the rooftop, I would just talk to the universe, and then it just comes, you know, it just, like, here are the things that you need to start doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you get convicted, like, you need to start doing this shit. And we can either be like, oh, I didn't hear it, or accept it. Like, you know what? No, you're right. I came up here for a reason. 
And I said, I need to be greater than I am. What am I missing? He said, you got to change some shit. You got to add some shit. You got to get rid of some shit. Cool. Well, what? I tell you what, you got to do the shit. All right. And you start hearing, it's like, oh, I don't want to do that shit. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Okay, what do I have to give up? And it's like the, the things that, that, the first thing that would just come to mind. It's like, I didn't really drink, but I drank a little bit. It's like, you have to give up alcohol entirely. That's what I gave up. Mm-hmm. Like my first one. Like, so you can't have no alcohol. You know, it's like, what are you drinking alcohol for? You broke. You're trying to make some money. What the fuck do you need alcohol for? Mm-hmm. You trying to go to sleep? You trying to make some money? Okay, well, you don't need alcohol. Work. So I cut that out. And then um, meat. Like, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't eating red meat at the time um, or pork. It was like kind of pescatarian, but more like just a little fish every now and then. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, just like no flesh. Um, period. Just like straight up vegetables. Mm. And then, um, you know, being from the South, being from the South, you know, <laughs> being from the South, you know, I, I, had, I had to give up the ladies because it's, a, it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies are a problem. That was the problem. It was in a LA? huge problem. It was just a problem in general. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so are you abstinent? Because they're so yummy. Um, well, no, I was. You know, for like I mean, a short period. It's four months. Four months. Yeah, it was like a four months. It was like, here's what I when you was getting your shit together. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like it was a it was a conversation I had with the universe. Like this is what I want. Like this is what I want. A very very descriptive, very definitive. This is exactly what I want. It's a dollar amount I want. This is what I want. I've seen it in my head. This is the lifestyle that I want. Cool. How long is it going to take me to get here? Four months. Cool. Well, I'm going to give this stuff up while I'm working towards that. So you'll know that I'm serious about it every single day. And I looked up at it in four months. The thing I asked for, I had it. Mm. I was like, ain't that some shit? It worked. Right. And so then I just like, I changed it up. I started adding more goals, um, doing it differently. And then, I mean, the whole 180, like, I mean, legit a whole 180. So... You know, I don't, I don't really publicize it in L.A. too much because, well, I will soon. <laughs> but so the facility that makes like does all my production is in a, is in Los Angeles. It's like I used to do my production in China way back in the day. But I can't control it. I'm a control freak. So I found a facility that can do it in L.A. It's mad expensive. They do it for like a bunch of other like really like, you know, high end tailors that do like expensive stuff. I found them. You know, they fooled with me. They let me, you know, come in, do some pieces. I start off. I came in. My first order was two pants. So I did like two pair of pants. And then I and the, the check I wrote bounced. Dang. So I did two pair of pants. The first check didn't bounce. But we just like to sensationalize and say the first check bounced. <laughs> but the first check didn't bounce. First check was cool. Mm-hmm. Then I did a suit and I wrote a check and then the check bounced. It was like $400. It was so embarrassing. Um, And they were like, from now on, you pay cash. I was like, okay. And, uh, but in January, like I had, I would sneak my, I had these bins, right? You know, like shit you get from Walmart mm-hmm. and I just had all my stuff in it. Like I had like three bins and I just had all my belongings in them and I would sneak them into this facility and like upstairs into a little storage room, all my clothes and shit. So, cause you know, like I'm, I'm not one of the people, I think the only person that really knew I was going through my storm at the time was my brother Chase. Cause I didn't, I'm not a person that's very. I don't like to let people know about my shit because it's not their shit. 
you know, and what are you going to get? Complain about, oh, I'm broken, I'm homeless, oh, what was me? Everybody going through some shit. They don't want to hear about your shit. So, you know, I try and just put this face on. So even at the facility, no one knew that I was going through my storm, but I'm literally, like, walking around with no sleep, you know, having, you know, eating nothing, but it's like, shit, I got to go in and change some clothes. So when they would open, I would go in, sneak upstairs, and, like, you know, find some clothes and change in them and shit. Well, I bought that facility uh, last month. So we officially, yeah, so took it over this year. But, like, in just in a, in less than a year, just a whole life 180. Just, like, my personal business is just, everything has changed. You know what I'm saying? Everything has just completely changed. Um, but more importantly, you know, I think the 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 summary of everything that I've spoken about is, you know, that whole story that you heard about from like the 13 year old kid, um, to the, to the tailor shop, you know, the alterations, all that. It's just like, it's just ideas being thrust into the universe. You know, none of these things at no point, none of the things that I've done at any point did I have like, cheerleaders or some big support system saying yo this is the move do this do this this is great it was never that it was always like i don't know probably not you shouldn't but i don't know when you sometimes you know you you can see your future so clearly that other people's concept of what your future is supposed to be just doesn't even matter right. it's like oh you should be this like man cut that shit i've already seen what it's supposed to be <laughs> and so i don't know through all this is just like Believing in it enough to just like risk whatever, you know, believing in 13, what 13 year old boy trying to sit around and sew? You already get picked on and beat up at school. Now you want to sew? Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, I want to learn this shit and I'm going to figure it out. You know, um, even moving to L.A., that was like a dream. Like moving to L.A., that'd be a dream. I don't know nobody in L.A., but we should be in L.A., mm-hmm. And didn't go to L.A. We went to San Diego first and it took everything in San Diego being like taken, you know what I'm saying, from me. Just like, okay, take your ass to L.A. So you're supposed to go, you know, and just persevere through these stories. Like people get so hung up on their chapters. And it's like we all have chapters. And I read something once, um, maybe, maybe it was on social media, but it said, think about this. Think about this from a statistical standpoint. Think of all the worst moments of your entire life. The worst, the worst nights you've ever had, the worst days you've ever had. All those moments like, the fuck, I'm never, how, this is the worst, you got into every single one of them. 100% of them. No matter how bad it was, like 100% of them, we got through 100% of them. So it's just like, that's just what life is. It's a series of getting over shit and figuring things out and evolving. And I'm grateful to have, like, found, you know, I'm grateful to have found a thing early on that, you know, I just really loved. I know. I'm grateful to just be crazy enough to just not care about doing it normal. Yes, you have a remarkable story, Fresh. And um, this is amazing, just listening to the beginning until where we are today. And you still on the goddamn grind. Like, oh, yeah. You know, it, it yeah. don't stop. It don't never stop. It don't quit. You think and Kevin Hart. No, they don't stop. No. Don't and stop Kevin nothing. Hart is one of your clients, right? Yeah. So how did you hook up with all these celebrity clients? Was the L.A. buzz like about yeah, the LA everything buzz. that you were doing? 
Well, and also, before I had celebrity clients, I started telling people I was a celebrity tailor. I, like, on my Instagram, I would put celebrity tailor. Because I'm cooler than the rest of the tailors, so... I was saying it because I was like, I'm a celebrity. Amongst these tailors, I'm the one that's a celebrity. So I'm a celebrity tailor. Not necessarily I tailor for celebrities, but I'm a celebrity tailor. But, you know, the things you say become, they, they take on life. So, like, saying that and people seeing that, oh, he's the guy that does this shit for the stars. And then just getting the stars and being able to get it done. Like, I, I don't do excuses. So getting them and knocking the shit out, being 100 you know, figuring out that the best way to get to the stars is to get to the stylist. Mm. They make all the decisions. If the stylist loves you, you in. If the stylist don't like you, you ain't in. Mm-hmm. So I made sure I developed good relationships with the right stylist. Is that an easy gateway to get to the stylist? Or are they contacting you at this point? A lot of them are contacting me, but initially it was me contacting them mm-hmm. through Instagram. Like you find them on Instagram and you just like stalk them. I stalk people on the gram. Like all like Kevin Hart, I stalked his stylist Ashley. Stalked her. I found out who she was, and I was like, I want Kevin. I said this probably four months ago, because I kept seeing him and stuff that was like altered. It was still fresh, but it was like, damn man, he needs to be in some custom. Like, oh, I need to get some shit on Kevin. And um, <laughs> why Kevin? He's the biggest. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I got a lot of big clients, but it's like Kevin's like the biggest in his genre. You know, like LeBron's the biggest in his genre. Mm-hmm. You know, Draymond's huge, but LeBron's like the biggest in his genre. And Kevin's like the biggest in his genre. And I was like, man, I want Kevin. And I found his stylist and I was like, well, let me follow his stylist and develop a, 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 a social relationship. Like, I don't even know this person. Comment on her picture. Exactly. Commenting, doing this little thing. Watch a little, her Insta story. A cool DM, nothing distasteful. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, I'm not being a creep, just, you know, showing respect. Mm-hmm. And eventually they start to look and say, who is this motherfucker always? Oh, he got some nice stuff. And then they start to like, and they start to like. And the next thing you know, it's on. the next thing you know, you know, you find out, you know, she had, she had this event going on. Where she was introducing her candle brand. And this is probably in uh, September. Her assistant sent me an invitation for it. I was like, sure, you know, I'll go check it out. And I go through. Kevin, that's the first time that uh, I actually met Kevin. And uh, he snubbed me. Funniest shit in the world. First time he met me, he snubbed me. I held my uh-huh. hand out to shake his hand, and he looked right through me and walked right past. And everyone's standing there. I'm like, huh? <laughs> that's Kevin. <laughs> in real life, it was a party. And um, I had gone downstairs to smoke weed. And um, <laughs> I don't want people thinking I smoke cigarettes. And... um. <laughs> And I saw Kevin pull up in his car. I was like, shit, let me go inside. I don't want to be out here when he, you know, come in. I don't want to be weird. So I go back inside, and I'm inside. And um, I just met Ashley for this. the first time we'd ever met. So Kevin comes upstairs. I try not to be too weird. Like, oh, it's Kevin, whatever, you know. So he gets probably like four or five feet from me. There's a few people. So I felt like we made eye contact. I thought we made eye contact. No. I think he was looking at someone next to me. But I thought he was looking at me, so I like held my hand. I'm like, hey, man, nice to meet you. And it's like he didn't even acknowledge it. It's like he didn't even hear it. And it was like, but there was no one else here. It was just <laughs> me in front of you. Like, Even if you didn't see me, like I have my whole hand in front of you Please moving it. Please tell me he was it. just fucking with you. No, nah, it was like, I don't like you. I don't like you. He said that. I don't like you because when I walked up, 
your hair was too tall. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but I don't think you like I don't think you like my face when you first saw me. So you just did not fool with me. Damn. So they, but it, 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 but you know what is crazy cuz when I left, I'm chuckling to myself and I'm saying he don't realize it but he's going to fall to the sword. Like he will be my client. He don't even know it yet. But that was that. And then afterwards, it's just, you know, I'd see her put something on him. I'd be like, yo, that was fresh. That was fresh. And then she did something one day, and I was like, man, you need to stop bullshitting. Get with me. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing, bro? Mm-hmm. I was just like, yo, you know you know that I got the sauce. Like, the fuck? What are we doing? And she was like, okay, shit. Okay. Your stuff is nice. Why don't we just meet? So we met. We got to actually see each other face to face and have like a real discourse. I was fresh. She was like, okay, I see, I see you. I see you look fresh. <laughs> Literally, we had our first meeting probably in November. It's the first time I actually met. Like, I mean, I met her at her candle thing, but like, let's see you and I meet and discuss and figure out who you are. So me and her assistant sat down. And then like a, a week later, she had some with Terrence J. Uh, she was like, yo, this was Terrence. So I did this thing with Terrence. Knocked it out. And then she had another client. She's like, all right, cool, I got another client. I was like, boom, knock that out. She's like, all right, I got a whole tour for Kevin. So I just want to make sure that you weren't going to, like, you know, make me look bad. And so now um, I got a lot of stuff with Kevin. So that, that's just the, that's the move. Like, anybody wanting to get on in any regard in L.A., connecting with celebrities in regards to fashion, impress their stylist. If you impress their stylist, you've impressed the celebrity. You get right into them. And also what people don't know, too, because, you know, everybody sees all these celebrities. Like, you look on my page, and it's pretty much all celebrities in my clothes, and all of them paid. And all of them paid full price. Yeah. These people need to know that, too, because people have this misconception that in order to get on, you have to give your shit away. Mm-hmm. That's that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you're, if your stuff isn't good and you just need people to just have it and accept it and not have a reason to say no, then give it away. But if your stuff is good and you believe in it and you stand by that shit, why would you give it away? Right. When it's better than what they're paying for. I'm not going to give you this shit. Mm-hmm. Pay for that shit. Right. I'm trying to do you a solid. You owe me more. You're Heard welcome. that. You're welcome. <laughs> so you're getting ready for award season. So many awards coming up. Correct. So I want to see some of your, you, you know. know you yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know you will. I will. Can you make me something? Do you do women's clothing? I, I saw that you did post a woman. Uh, Iman. Iman. Mm-hmm. So what type of clothing do you do for women? The Whatever same, I want? Yeah, well, no, the same type I do for men. Like, I don't do dresses, but I do, um, you know, everything well, that you, you see. You do a nice, cute blazer. Oh, yeah, I do them all the time, yeah. Okay. Dope blazers, suits, track suits. The track pants, you know, shirts, cool stuff. And then, like, some of your track suits are, like, lambskin. Is yeah. that, like, a high commodity right now? Or, like, that's what you, you chose? That's just what I chose. Your ingredient for your brand. hmm Because it seems like it's uh, exclusive to get. Yeah, it's very. Um, like, I like the whole, I don't like for things to, I'm very serious, mm-hmm. but I'm not. No, no, okay. I'm very serious, but I don't appear to be very serious. Mm-hmm. And so I like that about my clothes. Like I wanted to make a track suit, like a track jacket that was very serious. Just didn't look like it from a distance. Probably think it's just a little gray cotton, little track jacket. You get up close and it's like, oh shit, it's lambskin. And you open it, it's like, whoa, 
And then like I just did a hoodie. Same thing as a lambskin hoodie, but from a distance, it just looks like a hoodie. But it's a lambskin hoodie. It's like, so pretty. No, so dope. I just want to do some cool things that just feel like normal, regular, chill clothes, but it's super luxurious, super exclusive. Mm, nice quality. Like less than, you know, a dozen units ever to be produced. Like super duper exclusive. If you could describe your brand, what would you say? Fresh. <laughs> you oh, would say like one fresh. word, one word, or like, like a sentence description. If you, it, when you was trying to sell to Ashley with Kevin Hart, what was you saying? I was I like, it was more than fresh. Yeah, I was just like, you know, I've been, I've been seeing you do your thing. You know, I've been seeing you do your thing. I've been, I've been checking out, you know, the Paul Smith. That's cute. That's cute. That's cool and all. I've been checking out that Tom Brown, you know, eh, um, you know, I just think we could do better. I just think that Kevin deserves better. I think you deserve better. Mm. I think life will be easier for you with someone like me in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. No, you're welcome. Yeah. No, I'll see you soon. It was, it was, it was, it was was that type of vibe. (laughs) It's like, I'm just very, I'm very cocky with my shit because I know what goes into it. I know my shit's Mm -hmm. awesome. And I'm not going to sell to you if I don't think it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I go into everything like it's going to be dope. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just my approach. Okay. So what do you have planned short and long term with your brand? Well, so for the short term, all 2019, I'm doing these super exclusive drops every Monday. Mm-hmm. It's like Instagram exclusive. So. I may talk about it a little bit on Facebook, but that's really to move people from Facebook to Instagram. But I'm going to be doing these drops every Monday throughout the year. And it's just like whatever creative concept I come up with. Like most of my, most of the work that you see are collaborative concepts with either me and a stylist or me and the client. It's not necessarily what I would have done, but it's what I would have done with the client in mind. Whereas what I wanted to do with this exclusive drop is like, I'm not thinking about nobody but me. This is what I want to do. I don't give a fuck what anybody else likes. This is what I like. I want this lambskin hoodie with the perforated interior. Why? Because that's what I'd wear. And if you like it, good for you. But I'm not making this thinking about anybody else. So I'm all year I'm just coming up with these random situations. Like, that would be bananas. Mm-hmm. I'm going to drop them on the gram. Limited quantity. Very. So I'm not going to do anything in any quantity greater than 15. I saw because you had the 14. Period. I was like, okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm not doing any quantities greater than 15 of any garment. So this track jacket, for instance, I'm going to only do six of them. I'm going to produce six, and then that's done. Mm-hmm. That colorway will never be done again. I'm going to do nine of the track pants to go with it, and that's done. Never be done again. They're going to be hitting you in a DM like, Man, I want an extra line. Man. I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> go to the site if it's there. And then also when it drops on the site, like this is not a website where you can just go whenever you feel like it. When the when the collection drops, it's dropped for 24 hours and that is it. Oh, you exclusive. It, when it drops on Monday, it's down on so Tuesday. So this is Monday. Dropping Monday. When it drops on Monday, it's what up Monday. What time is dropping on Monday? 9 a.m. Pacific. Mm-hmm. And then it's only up for 24 hours. Only up for 24 hours. Oh, look at you and your marketing. Yep. I see you. I see you. And then we start, you know, we have six days of promo, you know, 
really prepping for the next exhibit, which is what I call them. And then we'll release the following exhibit the following Monday. Same thing. We'll continue that. You know, the bags are going to, um, the bags are going to make it very strong. You know, like the track pants, that whole thing made a very strong entrance in 2018. You know, I started my year off. I went to Toronto and I got inspired to do like a track pan. Like, damn, I want to do a track pan with like stripes and colors. I can just design it one way, change the colors up. And that hit so tough. And like it, it turned into such a big thing in LA. So the bags are going to have that moment, um, a very similar moment that the track pants had this year. Mm. Yeah. So long term, what are we looking at? <laughs> How much more time we got? <laughs> Five minutes. Um, this world domination, you know, <laughs> just like genuine global domination, mm-hmm. like in a, in a, in a couple of different areas, but yeah, nothing small, you know, just like yeah, just domination. Yeah, I just want to take over shit. I just want to be like the most famous tailor that have ever lived. I see yeah. it coming. I see it coming for us. You almost there. Hey, you know, we're working on it. Yeah. So we got the website dropping on Monday. Rich-fresh.com. Rich-fresh.com. Mm-hmm. 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. Mm-hmm. No, Pacific. Pacific Time. Mm-hmm. And how can everybody check you out on socials? Instagrams. Instagrams. Find me on the gram, richfresh underscore. It's the um, the icon. It's the guy with pink hair. It's like a cartoon character with pink hair. I feel like he's got his hand up over his face or something silly. <laughs> That's the one. Click him. He's the guy to follow. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for coming to the Verbally yeah, Effective Podcast. Thank you for podcast. having me here. You have a very inspiring story that thank I you think very a much. lot of people will appreciate, right. especially a lot of these creatives, especially a lot of these people that, you know, get discouraged when they're trying to pursue their dreams. So mm-hmm. I think you're giving them some good motivation. And you, you know, got roots in the M. Oh, for sure. No, it's the town. <laughs> I, I, I love Memphis. And, I, you know, I, I appreciate you for having this type of platform for said creators because, I mean, you, you, you said a mouthful. It's interesting for us to see stories. Mm-hmm. Like, if we don't see certain types of representation, we don't know what's possible. Definitely. You know, so, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I'm glad that glad you guys had this type of platform. That you're taking out your time, man. You could be doing anything. You could be, you, you be getting turned right now. <laughs> Look, when it's over, are we getting tired tonight? Right. What are we like, doing? Are y'all going home? What y'all doing? What time is it? <laughs> it's only oh, it's 820? 8.20. I can tell you one thing. I ain't finna go home. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Fresh. Everybody check out his website on Monday and keep up with him on the gram and all his socials. And thank you so much, Fresh, for stopping me. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Love being here. Thank you.